This is In The Zone. They all want to know who, what's causing all this. In St. Louis, the talk of the NFL, a talk of professional football, is alive and well again. Now you got you got Benjamin Albright and, and Albert Breer on the air in St. Louis radio talking about the possibility of football coming to St. Louis. But why is this happening? You know why? Because Derek King sparked the conversation. On the In The Zone Network. I'm Alexander for the End Zone Network. I got a newest sponsor in the studio with us, Lady Shannon, a preferred realty investment company. Absolutely. Hey, I can get you closed in 30 days if you're looking to sell your home very fast or if you're looking to enroll to better your credit. So you be able to enroll me? Absolutely. What's your number? My number is 636-383-9396. 636-383-9396? got it. So you are a preferred realty investment company? Yes, where you make moves that move you. That's the company I prefer. Awesome. City to city, state to state, worldwide. You are listening to The Real in the Zone Network. This is it. Are you ready? Tell me who could stop me. I'm in the zone. Competition's none in the league of my own. All about the W. I'ma bring it home when it's over with. I'ma be the king of the throne. Now who could stop me? I'm in the zone. Competition's none in the league of my own. All about the W. I'ma bring it home when it's over with. I'ma be the king of the throne. Welcome to this edition of the Alliance to XFL show, the A-Train. Arlington Lane bringing you back again for another week coming up on the program. My guest will be Howard Balzer once again. He's back, and I'm so glad to have him on again. I missed him on the past week, but he's definitely going to bring the heat as he usually does every time he jumps on the Alliance to XFL. So we'll talk some week five uh, fallout. Then we will, because it was a big, exciting weekend uh, on the in the Alliance. So. Uh, definitely we'll talk about that, and then we'll get into the first half MVPs on the offensive side, the defensive side, and even on the special team side. We'll get his thoughts on that. Plus, we will see what games will be the best to watch for week number six. And, folks, we at the halfway point already in the season, and Howard did touch on that, and it'll be grateful to see what happens here uh, from here on out right now. The only team that's undefeated is the Orlando Apollos at 5-0. and Right behind them is the Birmingham Iron at 3-2. and right, Not far behind is the Atlanta Legends at 2-3. and And the Memphis Express, despite the fact, you know, they've gotten better play from their quarterback, is sitting back right now at 1-4. and On the other side is uh, two 3-2 and teams with the San Antonio Commanders and the San Diego Fleet. The Arizona Hotshots are sitting at two and three right now as we get into week number six. And the Salt Lake Stallions just seem to can't find it right now. They're at one and four. All right, let's go over to some league news and notes from the Alliance and the XFL. (laughs) 
So here we are, we're sitting at week number six coming up. And the biggest news so far, what is Johnny Manziel going to do? And for those that don't know, uh, on the past week we had uh, a story that was going around, what was Johnny Manziel going to do? And he was banned from the CFL. Banned, not just kicked out, but banned. He's no longer even around for the CFL anymore. So. What is going to happen with his future in football? Will it be with the Alliance of American Football or will it be for the XFL? That is going to be the story. And if you get a chance, check out the video from Flim Low Raps. Shout out to Flim Low Raps because he gave a great illustration on what could happen for Johnny Menzel's football future. Now, me personally, I would have to agree on the standpoint what he said about the XFL being the better spot for Johnny Manziel because it could be the possible face of the league. Now, if he wants to get back into the NFL, I have to agree with that point too, is that he would have to go to the Alliance of American Football and that he would have to play for the San Antonio Commanders because they hold the rights to Johnny Manziel. Now, with that said, Manziel is, wants, he wants a lot of attention. That is the biggest thing about him. He wants it and he's going to get it at any means necessary. Now, from money standpoint, he really doesn't need it. He really doesn't because the family has money, okay? And he got a chance to play in the NFL. If he's serious about playing in the NFL, he'll play for the Alliance. But like Flemmo Ref said, it's going to be difficult because he's going into a new system with new teammates that he has no recollection of or know nothing about. And he's jumping in early. If he's going to jump in, he's going to have to jump in next season. That means start from scratch. And right now, that doesn't really sit well. Playing for the XFL will probably be the best thing, but the big key is, what is Vince going to do about the quote-unquote criminal record rule that is being placed in these players' contracts? Is he going to stick to his guns, or is he going to remove that and get a face like Johnny Manziel? Because the reports that are coming out is that they're going to look for high-profile quarterbacks to play in this league. That's going to be, as stated, and you get a chance to see that in the video, that is going to be the setup for marketing these new teams. For the XFL, there's already four squads that have NFL coaches. Right now, as we are doing this recording, there haven't been any new news coming up about the next coach that's going to be in the XFL. Now, that could change as the week progresses, and but they are trying to make that push of stating that, you know, we're gonna get everything accomplished before we get into the summertime. So. Uh, patience, folks. I know those that are fans of the XFL, they are waiting for that. But here's the deal. They're going to take their sweet time, no matter what, to get that message across. And they're going to have uh, people in place. Now, if there is a snafu, they're not going to let you know about it. Because if they know, let you know about it, then it's going to be like, hey, what's going on with the league? You got the situation that happened with the Alliance some weeks back with uh, lawsuits that's being dropped on Charlie Eversaw. So the XFL is watching. So they're trying to make sure they got all their uh, I's dotted and T's crossed. So that is the biggest key uh, so far 
uh, with the XFL and the upcoming news that's coming up. All right. Speaking of which, the XFL has got a chance over this past weekend to check out Your Call Football. Now, Your Call Football has been out for maybe a couple years or so, and they do like four games. And the thing about it is it allows the fans that watch the games, they get to make the next play for the teams. Sounds pretty interesting, right? It's like you're playing Madden live. Like you're taking control of a football team. They, they got coaches, they have players, you know, but you, the fans, are taking on the reins as the coach. Now it's crazy, it's a crazy little setup. Crazy little setup. But I think it's something that could be a part of football for years to come. You just have to see it to believe it and check it out for yourself. And I think it's at your call FB on Twitter. And they have four games each year. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that, along with their partnership with the Spring League. Now, the Spring League is working at what the XFL rules are going to use for the season. They're going to see how it looks for the gameplay itself. And so that is going to be key with what the Spring League does. And if they like what they see, that'll be the rules for 2020. If they don't, they'll make tweaks to make sure that you have the best game experience uh, around. Now, rules are being thrown out. You can go and find them. Uh, shout out to uh, the subreddits, XFL Football, uh, that, that they've been putting out a lot of rules and a lot of people been putting out news that's been going up. And XFL2K.com, I will definitely show love where love is due. Shout out to uh, the crew over there uh, that's working so diligently to put out news that's going on in the XFL. And so now you are looking at it where if those rules are implemented, those is what's gonna happen. And I can't wait to see it. Now, for those that watch the Spring League, the Spring League is on the NFL Network, which is where the Alliance is located right now. So I find that kind of crazy and interesting. And uh, I'm excited for all spring football leagues, uh, even with the Freedom Football League as well. Now, people are like, well, what is that? And, and what is that going to be about? Right now, I can't really tell you. It's just in due time, you're going to see as time progresses what's going to happen for 2020. Also, that Pacific Pro League uh, that uh, Tom Brady's agent has founded and put together. That is going to be interesting to see what happens. And all of that is going to happen on the West Coast. Now, I'm going to step aside. We're going to go over to some Alliance TV ratings. And on the past week, weekend, on week five, uh, the highest game was the Apollos in the Iron. And greatly said, 457,000 viewers checked into the game on TNT. Now, that is a great sign for especially the top two teams, and they have been quite consistent uh, as the year progressed. Now, with this NFL free agency thing, it wasn't as big an audience for the second game, which was on uh, NFL Network, and that dropped a bit to 277,000 viewers, uh, with the demo is in uh, .09, but both telecasts were in the top 100 uh, for cable on Saturday, so that is still a good sign 
for the Alliance. And on Sunday, uh, it was at 300,000. Uh, just missed the top 100 original uh, telecast for uh, this past weekend. That game was on the NFL Network. And one final thing I had to speak about with the XFL is that everybody knows that the St. Louis team is going to come in 2020. But my biggest thing is this. For the XFL, I really do believe that St. Louis is vital to the entire XFL success. And what I mean by that is the St. Louis team, they're going to have to do some big marketing for, for people to come out, to people to celebrate the history of professional football in St. Louis. Now, we ha they've had the Rams, they've had the Cardinals. Um, if you want to go back to the Gunners in the 30s, <laughs> that is the history of professional football in St. Louis. And so you have to bring those guys back in 2020. Heaven forbid they're still alive. If they are alive, bring them back so that way they can be celebrated in the realm of professional football as, as St. Louis does it, you know. I personally believe why one thing is, is that the NFL, excuse me, XFL needs to have the very first game, the inaugural game here in St. Louis. That could be the start of something big. And you know you're going to get a big crowd because you know St. Louis is hungry for football. You know it. Now, the story has been going out that Isaac Bruce has had his um, expressed his feelings about being a part of spring football, whether that was the Alliance. If you read the story through Jim Thomas, there was negotiations that were going on if St. Louis had an Alliance team. That didn't work out. And the story that keeps bringing out with the XFL is that um, Jim Hazlitt is going to be the new head coach for the St. Louis team. That hasn't been reported, but that's the rumor that's going on right now. Now, if something were to change, Isaac Bruce still have an opportunity and a chance to be the new head coach in St. Louis. And that would be big. And I think a lot of people would back him up because Isaac Bruce continues to do work here in St. Louis. Not only for, uh, you know, you know, he works with the Rams and things like that, but he does well within the community. He's always working with high school students. He's always working with college students. And so he wants to see the best for St. Louis, despite the fact there's no professional football. Some years ago, he did a charity game where he brought back a lot of former Rams players and he got a nice turnout. And so that would be key. You know, Mark Bulger has expressed interest in the XFL. Uh, let's get guys like Jim Hart and Dan Deardorff, you know, from the Cardinals. You know, also uh, Kurt Warner and Orlando Pace. Ernie Conwell would definitely want to be a part of this. Roland Williams, I could see being a part of this. So for St. Louis, it's vital. They got to have the support from NFL people from alumni in the NFL, and then the fans have got to be behind it. What can go wrong with having $35 or $30 for tickets for a game and you can get season tickets for $50 at a deposit? There's nothing wrong with that. This is an opportunity where you should jump on board because in 2020, it's going to be something, especially for football fans after the Super Bowl. You're going to have choices of the Alliance, and then you're going to have the XFL to go along with it, plus the possibilities of the Pacific Pro and Freedom Football. So, so many choices, so many little time. You should get excited about it just like I am. 
We'll take a timeout. Coming up after the break, Howard Balls will be joining me right after this. You're listening to the Alliance to XFL show right here on the In the Zone Network. My name is Ronnie, and I have used VK Credit Repair for 30 days. And in 30 days, my credit score has gone up 90 points. Kendra gave me a clear plan of what we needed to do in order to make the improvements on my credit. She did them for me. She came through on every deadline. She gave me instructions on what to do, what not to do. I saw four collections fall off. In 30 days, that's what she did for me. My future in regards to business for my children and for me looks very promising and bright. And it's a small investment in your time and your money in regards to what it can do for you overall. So I'm just so appreciative of it. And I stand behind her because I've seen magic. I've seen it. I owe all of that to Kendra and BK Credit Repair. This is In The Zone. They all want to know who, what's causing all this. In St. Louis, the talk of the NFL, a talk of professional football, is alive and well again. Now you got you got Benjamin Albright and, and Albert Breer on the air in St. Louis radio talking about the possibility of football coming to St. Louis. But why is this happening? You know why? Because Derek... King sparked the conversation on the In the Zone Network. I'm Alexander for the In the Zone Network. I got newest sponsor in the studio with us, Lady Shannon, a preferred realty investment company. Absolutely. Hey, I can get you closed in 30 days if you're looking to sell your home very fast or if you're looking to enroll to better your credit. So you be able to enroll me? Absolutely. What's your number? My number is 636-383-9396. 636-383-9396? Got it. So you are preferred realty investment company? Yes, where you make moves that move you. That's the company I prefer. Awesome. City to city, state to state, worldwide, you are listening to the End Zone Network. This is it. Back on this edition of the Alliance XFL Show, the A-Train Arlington Lane. Back again with me this week is national writer for the Alliance of American Football. It's Howard Balser. Howard, how are you doing today? Arlington, man, I'm doing great. I missed you last week, but uh, yeah. glad to be back with you. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it was it was interesting, you know, on last week's show. It was like, oh, it kind of feels weird, but I'm glad that you're able to do it again uh, this week. And let's get right into it. It's been – this past week has been surmountable with the games that we've had played. We've had two close games. Uh, we, we saw two teams in the East both – uh, you saw them at the top, and one, of course, was the victor, and uh, they're showing you that they are the team to beat in the East, and that's the Orlando Apollos. What's your thoughts? Well, well no doubt. I mean, the Apollos are probably the team to beat in the league, uh, but certainly uh, in the conference. And, you know, there was you know, a certain amount of anticipation for their game against Birmingham. And, and even though they did win 31-14, to 14, it, was, it was closer than the score indicated, but you know, the iron did have some issues scoring points, and that's one thing that Orlando doesn't have any problem doing. So, you know, they've they've opened up a little cushion 
uh, with Birmingham with a two-game lead. But what it really meant overall is that uh, with Birmingham falling to three and two, and just so people know, the way the playoffs are set up in the alliance is that the first and second place teams in each conference uh, will make the postseason and then will play each other in each conference on on the the first weekend of the playoffs. And so all of a sudden now you have Birmingham sitting at three and two and four of its last five games on the road. And Atlanta suddenly has won two games in a row uh, with a new offensive coordinator, uh, Ken Zampisi, a uh, long-time coach in the NFL, and all of a sudden they've got two two games in a row of 400, 400 total yards, have won them both on last-second field goals, and now find themselves only one game behind Birmingham for that second playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. So it, it's going to be an interesting stretch run, and it's weird. Doesn't it seem, Arlington, like the season just started? Yeah, indeed. And, 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 yeah, and it's funny because I say this, I say this every year in the NFL, Mm-hmm. Uh, that when we get to week one, and I'm going to say everybody's so so pumped because the, the off season is so long, and you're finally there with week one. And I always say, in about eight weeks, we're going to be snapping our fingers and say, "Where'd the first eight weeks of the season go? We're already halfway through." Well, in this league, of course, only ten games, right? So you're halfway through after five, right? And so, you know, so here we are. I guess you can you're almost saying you're on the home stretch in the last you know last five weeks of the season. But there's going to be a lot of close races for those playoff spots, you know, coming down these last five games. Talking with Howard Balzer right now on the Alliance to XFL show, uh, talking right now in the East. Uh, and I want to touch a little bit more on the East, especially you just touched on the Atlanta Legends. And you said um, they just got new offensive coordinator Ken Zampisi. And the play of Aaron Murray has been terrific in those two wins that they just got. You know, uh, they started the season with Matt Sims. Hadn't really worked out as as they thought. But the fan – and it's a fan favorite with Aaron Murray. People have been going for Aaron Murray since the beginning of the season. And now that he's been starting, he is actually getting the job done for the Legends. Well, no, no question. And, of course, he's a fan favorite because he went to, uh, you know, Georgia. And so the interesting thing is we'll never know what would have happened in this, you know, a, you know, tweaked offense, whatever you want to call it, uh, with Ken Zampisi. We'll never know what would have happened if Sims had not hurt his hand uh, in early in that week four game. But uh, there's no question that Murray has come in, come in and given the team a lift. They're also running the ball uh, very well. The offensive line is, is playing solid football. And, and, and they've done a nice job, you know, like I said, winning two games in a row on last-second field goals. And so, obviously, those are games that could have gone the other way very easily, as many do in any level of football. Uh, but they found a way to win them, and now they're playing with, with a lot of confidence as they enter this second half of the season. And I, I think if, if, you know, that they could be a dark horse in the second half of the year in, in terms of if they, if they continue on this path, you know, they, they, they could be a tough out uh, in the playoffs. Of course, that would mean uh, beating Orlando, uh, which will be tough, obviously, for any team to do uh, in the league. But, you know, we'll see. The, you know, the way they're playing, uh, they're, they're doing a nice job. And, you know, they've got – they have two home games coming up the next two weeks, mm-hmm. which will tell a lot uh, about them because they play San Antonio, uh, which had a big win uh, this past weekend, and they're now tied with – San Diego for first place in the West, 
and then they host Orlando uh, that you know that next week. And so you know that that will be interesting to see uh, what happens there because you know even though Orlando is five and zero, oh, you know they've they've been challenged uh, by some teams. Yep. And but they they they're they're very good at finishing, and and they make plays. Uh, when they have to. So, uh, but that that like I said though, that'll that'll tell us a lot about the legends in these next two games against two pretty good teams. Talking with Howard Balzer on the Alliance to XFL show right here on the End of Zone Network. You spoke about the San Antonio Commanders, like you said, they they are three and two right now. They are they at top of first place, tied with the San Diego Fleet. But how has been the play of Kenneth Farrell, the running back for the Commanders? I mean, he has been doing and excelling beyond what I've expected uh, out of a running back this season. No, he, he's done a very nice job. And, you know, he, he, he was in the NFL, you know, for a decent stretch of time and would have his moments here and there, but, you know, never, never got the opportunity to be the guy. And he's getting that opportunity now uh, with the commanders and, and had, had a huge game a couple of weeks ago with 142 yards. It's the most for any running back in a game uh, this season. And so what, what that's given them, it's given them, you know, good balance in their offense. And as we know, on any level of football, if you can have balance in your offense, it makes it tough uh, on a defense. And so he, you know, combined with Logan Woodside, uh, who was very good, you know, against Arizona in their win last weekend, and, and they have a good receiving court, you know, led by Mikhail McKay and Demarcus Ayers. And uh, so they, they do a good job of spreading the ball around in the passing game. But uh, a lot of that is possible because – of the way they can run the ball uh, with Farrow. And so, you know, this commander's team is, you know, they, they I, I, I know they had something going on in the Alamo Dome. I don't know if it was the rodeo or, or something. <laughs> and so they've been on the road the entire month. Right. Uh, they, they'll be at Atlanta uh, this week, and it's the fourth consecutive game uh, that the commanders have been on the road. Well, then, of course, they turn around. They'll have three straight at home. And, and so they're – you know they're they're a team to beat in that second half uh, because they're, you know they're done uh, they're done with San Diego uh, they have one game left against Arizona mm-hmm. two against Salt Lake uh, in their you know in their conference and so you know they've got a they've got a pretty good shot at the playoff spot right now but it's really bunched up there as I mentioned they're tied with San Diego three and two and then Arizona which started off like gangbusters winning uh, winning the first two games they've now lost three in a row yep. but are still only one game back. Uh, in the conference for that, uh, you know, one big game, one game back in first place, but of course, most important, one game behind that uh, a playoff spot. Well, what has happened to the hot shots? They were, like you said, they were gangbusters. They were going on a uh, on a major streak and do, doing very well. But now they have taken a tailspin and, and dropped three straight. What has happened to the hot shots? Yeah, the the offense, they've had, turnovers have been a big factor. And that really killed him in the game against San Antonio, where John Wolford, uh, I, I think a certain amount, Wolford hasn't been as sharp as he was after injuring his back. I believe that was in the third game uh, of the season, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, they had a lead. You know, they won the first two with him, and then in, in their third game, uh, they were, uh, you know, they, they really struggled on offense against let me see here let me that that's game four i'm trying to figure out which game it was here um against salt lake you know they were they were they were beating salt lake and then wolford got hurt he got hit in the back i think it was the first play of the second half and had to leave the game 
Right. And so they didn't do, they didn't do much on offense in the second half of that mm-hmm. game, and they end up losing uh, to Salt Lake. And and so then he came back and has played the last couple of weeks, but just hasn't been as sharp. And the turnovers killed him. I think he had three interceptions in the first half in, in their game uh, this you know this past you know this past weekend against against San Antonio, and they were losing twenty six nothing at halftime. They were able to come back in the second half and made it close at the end. So they they need more consistent play uh, from Wolford uh, to be able and then avoid the turnovers. Obviously, uh, to pick up some you know some important wins and 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 they they've got it they've got it tough coming down the stretch uh, because not only they have three road games in their last five, and that starts with Orlando this week, and then they're at San Antonio in weeks uh, in week uh, eight and then at San Diego in the final game of the regular season. And they also have a home game against San Diego mm-hmm. in week seven. So, you know, they've got a game against Orlando and two against San Diego plus one against San Antonio and the other one, Birmingham. So that's a tough close of the close of the season for them. And unless they get more consistent play from Wolford, uh, they're, they're going to have their struggles, I think. Real quick before you go, Howard, uh, who is your first half MVP on the offensive side and then on the defensive side? Well, I have to say that offense, and it's interesting you ask that because it'll be a good little plug for the uh, Alliance website, aaf.com, because we we've done it. We're doing a midseason honor roll where each each team picks their own offensive MVP, defensive MVP, special teams MVP, some honorable mentions, and also players to watch down the stretch. You can really get a nice little capsule of some of the top players on every team for the first half and the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would say that Gary Gilbert uh, has to be the offensive MVP. That's probably hands down uh, the guy uh, that, that's going to win that award uh, with the leadership he's you know he's shown uh, for them the uh, you know he leads the league in passing he hasn't in five games he hasn't thrown an interception mm. and so that's obviously uh, pretty impressive yeah. and so he would he would definitely be uh, the defensive MV- I mean the offensive MVP defensive man that's um, there's been a lot of guys who who have done who have done a nice job uh, we saw. And he's he's not the defensive MVP, but Cameron uh, Cameron Kelly of San Diego had three interceptions this past weekend. One he returned for a touchdown, and the amazing the amazing thing about it is that he was a he's a cornerback, and that's what he played in college at San Diego State. So he's playing in his own backyard. Mm-hmm. And then in training camp, they had pretty good depth in the secondary. The the fleet did. And they were looking some four wide receivers, and Mike Martz liked what he saw of the athleticism of Kelly, and he switched him to wide receiver in training camp. Wow! And that's where he was for the first two weeks of the season. Then they had some injuries in the secondary, and they moved him back, and boom, he has three interceptions. But I, I would probably, I, I think the defensive MVP is a guy who's on a team that's probably not going to be in the playoffs, uh, but Carter Schultz of Salt Lake, mm-hmm. uh, defensive end. He, he is a handful for every team that they face. And a lot of times they have to double team him. He, he's, he's almost the Aaron Donald of, <laughs> of the Alliance from this standpoint. He doesn't play tackle. He's an end. But from this standpoint, 
He's a bit undersized, mm-hmm. but he just has this knack for beating blockers, beating double teams. He's, you know, he's good rushing the passer. He's good against the run. He gets tackles for loss, which we know uh, for those, just to clarify, tackles for loss are in the running game. And so he, he does it all uh, for that team. And he has been consistent through the entire uh, through the entire season. You know, unfortunately, the team isn't doing as well. They've had some very close games that they've lost, so they're one and four. Uh, the Stallions are, mm-hmm. but Schultz to me, there's been a bunch of really good defensive players in the league in the first half, and he's been the most consistent. Talking it over with Howard Balzer before you go, and I know I said it before, but I'll say it again before you go, Howard. Um, what are you looking forward to in Week Six? Let's well, week, week Six we've got, you know, they alternate in the league where. Each week they have either all games within the conference or games outside uh, the conference. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it will be uh, this week uh, with uh, Memphis at Salt Lake, Arizona at Orlando, San Antonio at Atlanta, and Birmingham at San Diego. The San, the, as I mentioned earlier, that San Antonio-Atlanta game, I think, is a real could be a crossroad game for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the legends. Uh, because If they can win that one, you know they get their record uh, to three and three. You know Birmingham has a tough game at San Diego on Sunday night on NFL Network, and it's it's the first of like I mentioned earlier, uh, four of their last five are on the road, mm-hmm. and and the fleet are, are are doing nicely, and they got a good game from Mike Bercovici, who uh, started last week after being benched in Week One and did a nice job for them and their. And they're thrilling, amazing win. You know, another thing at the at AAF.com is a video package that was put together of that unbelievable finish at the end of their game uh, against, you know, against Salt Lake. And so we'll see what Birmingham's able to do in San Diego. You know, the fleet are undefeated at home. And so uh, this, this, this could be a huge game for the, for the Iron because, as I mentioned, going to last week, people were saying, hey, maybe they can challenge Orlando for the division title. Yeah. Now they're fighting for their life just to be in the playoffs. So those two games are big ones. Also also seeing if Arizona can maybe bounce back, but that'll be tough, you know, on the road against Orlando, a team that, uh, like I said, is playing with a lot of confidence right now. And by the way, one last note before you let me go. Discovered after the game that uh, that uh, San Diego game against Salt Lake mm-hmm. where the fleet fell behind on a last-minute field goal had the ball at their own 25, and Berkovici completed an amazing pass downfield to uh, Dantes Ford for 45 yards, which got them into position for the game-winning field goal as time expired. Well, for those football fans and St. Louis Rams fans and all NFL fans that have seen the replay of the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl against Tennessee to Isaac Bruce Mm -hmm. hundreds and thousands of times. (laughs) The play call for that play and the one that Bergovici completed, it was the same exact play. It was just (laughs) to a different side of the field. It was called 999H Balloon, and it was the same exact play call that, of course, as we see, Mike Mart still has in his vast playbook. So that was an interesting twist. To the end of the game. This one didn't go for a touchdown, but the other weird thing is it was also underthrown, uh, which was uh, which was just like the pass to Isaac Bruce, who did a great adjustment yep. and 
caught the ball and ran the, the remaining yards for the touchdown. And this one, Ford fell to the ground as he was catching the ball. It was, it was a bit underthrown, but held on, made the catch, and like I said, set up the game-winning field goal. And if anyone wants to see the final 57 seconds of that game with some comments from the coaches um, interspersed, you can go to AAF.com, and that's where Mike Martz mentioned that it was the same call as in the Super Bowl. He just didn't name the play. <laughs> exactly. Well, Howard, I want to thank you so much uh, for you joining me again this week. Um, you've already pretty much stated where you can go find uh, your your packages and your uh, your uh, articles. You can find them at where? AAF. That's F as in Frank, of course. Uh, AAF.com. And a lot of information on there, schedules and stats. And, and there's team pages, of course, within where you can read a lot of the individual stories uh, on all the teams. And like I said, uh, those midterm honor rolls, we're calling it, uh, will be up. Uh, most of them are up right now. One will be going up momentarily, and they will be all up uh, on the website on their team pages uh, pretty, pretty shortly at AAF.com. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll do it again next week, if Lord willing. My pleasure, Arlington. Take care. Always enjoy coming on with you. Thank you very much. That is Howard Balls, ladies and gentlemen, and that'll wrap things up for this edition of the Alliance to XFL show. I hope that you enjoyed it. want to thank my guest, Howard Balzer, for coming back and doing it again for another week. Make sure that you go follow him at AAF.com. Also, follow him at hbalzer seven. Two, one. Make sure that you go to AllianceToXFL.com. You can find past shows of the Alliance to XFL. And make sure that you check out the website. We're doing some good things and with our blog. And we got some more things coming up in the future. Our game of the week will be featured on Alliance to XFL Episode 6. So be in tune for that. This is the A-Train Arlington Lane signing off. We'll catch you for another edition of the Alliance to XFL show right here on the In The Zone Network.